and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. This is me, Warren Landis, your Bible teacher and host here on Sunshine USA. This is a podcast, of course, dedicated to the teaching of the Word of God. And I also want to say hello to our listeners on Spotify and Anchor FM and some of the other platforms uh, that we're broadcasting on uh, here at Sunshine USA. We actually have several platforms that we are broadcasting on, and uh, it's hard for me to keep up with them all. Uh, I hope to one day uh, have an IT director here at uh, Sunshine USA. They could keep up with all the internet stuff, and I could just focus on what God's called me to do, and that is to preach the gospel and uh, teach the Bible. That's so very important. Um, Today we're going to be in the third chapter of John. Uh, We're going to be in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and also verses 9 and 10. So that's where we're going to be today in terms of the scriptures. So you might want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Uh, This is a message, if I were preaching this message at your church, it would be titled something like this, Nick at Night. (laughs) Nick at Night. And uh, I think you're going to find it to be a very interesting, eye-opening message. We're going to be talking about this man, Nicodemus. He, He was a very religious man. In fact, he was a leader of the Pharisees, uh, well-versed in the law, and he comes to Jesus. And we're going to be reading about this, starting in John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now basically what this first verse is telling us is that Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now that tells us a little bit about him right there. And he was a leader of the Jews. Uh, I think it would be correct to say he was a teacher of the law. And therefore he had to know the law very thoroughly and in great detail. Verse 2, And he came to Jesus by night. And he came to Jesus by night. That's the first part of verse 2. Now, you know, down through the years, and I've studied this particular passage of Scripture for a number of years, uh, for a number of years, even a number of decades in my case, you know, I'm getting on in years. I'm just about as old as dirt. <laughs> and um, But I've, I've heard all kinds of explanations as to why Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Now, one of the common explanations is the fact that Jesus had a very busy schedule, Nicodemus had a very busy schedule, and therefore this was the only time the two to get together. Now, of course, uh, back in the earlier days of my ministry, I used to say, well, the problem with that is Jesus never is too busy for anybody that wants to see him. And that's certainly true. But you have to realize that here we're talking about Jesus in his physical body, his human body. And we forget that Jesus in his body was very limited. Just like you and I are. I mean... There are some things physically that I can do. There are some things physically I cannot do. And Jesus put limitations on himself 
in coming to this earth as a human being. And so therefore, you could say Jesus had a daily schedule just like you and I have a daily schedule. And it might be, and we know, and when we already know Nicodemus had a busy schedule, he was a Pharisee. Now, back in those days, he didn't have electric lighting. And so not much got done during the nighttime. And so nighttime was typically a time when most people had free time. They could do pretty much what they want. And so Nicodemus arranges to meet with Jesus at night. Now, another explanation of this is the fact that Nicodemus, in light of his position, now like we say, he was a leader of the Pharisees, he, he was a teacher of the law, he certainly didn't want to make ways for himself. He certainly didn't want to put himself in the unemployment line. And so therefore, he felt it was safest for him to meet with Jesus at night. So those are the two prevailing explanations, and there could be others. I don't know. And then came Jesus, and, then, and the same came to Jesus by night, and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now notice what Nicodemus is doing here. He's, he's got some very nice things to say about Jesus. Very complimentary things. He is definitely showing respect to Jesus. Now a lot of times when I'm sharing the gospel with someone and I'll ask them, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? And they'll say, well, you know, I don't have anything against Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is certainly all right with me. You know, I don't have anything against Jesus. There used to be a secular song, might still be around, I don't know. There used to be a secular song that said something like, Jesus is just all right with me. Well, you know, that might be the attitude Nicodemus had here. He had some nice things to say about Jesus, and he certainly had no doubt heard about the miracles of Jesus. And he said, uh, you know, Nicodemus, there's no doubt in my mind that you couldn't do this if God didn't allow you to do it. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus saith to him, How can a man be born when he is old? How uh, Rather, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, I imagine that when Nicodemus says this, I mean, Jesus was a little bit surprised. I mean, after all, Nicodemus claimed to be a religious leader. He was a teacher of the law. He was numbered among the Pharisees. And so it might be surprising to Jesus that uh, Nicodemus had no idea of what the term born again meant. It, it kind of reminds me <laughs> of the 1970s when a, a, a peanut farmer from Georgia decided to run from pre for president. Now, of course, he had previously been elected as governor of Georgia. 
and served for a time as governor of Georgia, and then he went on to run as president. And not too many people knew much about Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter talked about being a born-again president, or that he would be a born-again president if elected. Then all of a sudden, the news media all over the country, they were asking questions. What does it mean to be born again? What does he mean, born again? <laughs> Nobody knew. And apparently here, Nicodemus didn't know either. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. Then skipping down to verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, that is, a teacher of Israel, and knowest not these things? You see, <laughs> Nicodemus didn't know what it was to be born again. Now, I personally take the position Nicodemus at this point in his life was not born again. He was a very religious man, but he was not born again. He was obviously a man of impeccable morality, otherwise he wouldn't have been a Pharisee. And, as we saw at the first part of this chapter, he said some very nice things about Jesus. I mean, I, I remember one time I was witnessing to someone and I was visiting in their home, and I saw a, a statue of Jesus on the cross on the wall, and I saw some pictures of Jesus on the wall. So my natural inclination was, here's a person that's obviously religious. But as I entered into a conversation with that person, I began to realize, hey, this person is not a Christian. This person does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so I shared with them what it meant to be a Christian. Now, whether this person ever got saved or not, I don't know. Now, there is evidence, in the case of Nicodemus, there is evidence that later on he did become a Christian. And so I have to believe that one of the things that Jesus accomplished here, he certainly did a lot of seed planting here in the life of Nicodemus. He got... Nicodemus thinking about things like born again. You see, when Jesus was a little bit further along in his ministry, about two or three years later, as Jesus was facing the crucifixion, it was Nicodemus who came to the defense of Jesus. And so it very well may be that over time, Nicodemus came to make that decision. We don't know. Uh, I guess that in the back of my mind, that's one of the things I want to do when I get to heaven. I want to find out. I want to find out if Nicodemus ever really got saved. I think it's safe to say, based on the context, based on the context, I don't believe Nicodemus was a saved man in John chapter 3, starting with verse 1. 
In this passage here, I don't believe he was a saved man. And I know from my own life, it's possible to be religious but lost. I think back to the days when I was 13, 14 years old, I I was a very religious young man. I mean, I went to church three times a week. I read my Bible every day. I was uh, very active in our teenage youth group. I went on choir tours and mission tours and everything else. I'd even been baptized back when I was seven years old. In my way of thinking, for a while there, I thought, man, I don't have anything to worry about. I've got all my bases covered. I've dotted all the I's. I've crossed all the T's. But I was laying in my bed one night, and I thought about baptism. And I had just heard a sermon that said baptism needs to come after you are saved, not before. You see, my going to church a lot on my own and reading my Bible on my own, that didn't start till later on when I was a teenager. So I began to think, I said, I, I may not have been baptized after getting saved. I think I got baptized and got saved later. So I needed, I, know, I knew that I needed to know Jesus as my Savior, and I knew that I needed Christian baptism. I can remember the Sunday before Thanksgiving, 1969, I prayed, and I, I remember this very distinctly, just like it was yesterday. I went into my mother's bedroom. She and I knelt down beside her bed, and we prayed, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Following that, I decided to follow the Lord in Christian baptism. Then I knew I had all my bases covered. But I had to come to the realization that being active in my church was not enough to save me. I mean, living a good Christian life, that wasn't enough to save me. Now, you know, (laughs) you have to take a look at the fact I was about 14 years old. Okay, I mean, uh, I'm not saying I was a perfect teenager, but I mean, there were a lot of sins I clearly was not guilty of. Some sins I didn't even know what they were. I mean, uh, I knew that I didn't drink. I didn't take illegal drugs. So I knew I could say that much about myself. Um, I didn't engage in any kind of sex. So I felt, you know, good there. Of course, now the fact is I wasn't old enough to drink, you know. So that was helpful. (laughs) but uh, I began to realize, you know, you could live a good, clean life. You could read your Bible every day like I did in those days, but that's not enough. And, And, you know, some of you listening to this podcast right now, you have the same story. Uh, You would have to say, you know, I could say that about me, Warren. (laughs) I could say that... uh, I live a good, clean life. You know, I live a life of morality. I don't commit adultery, don't commit fornication. 
I mean, some of those words, I didn't even know what they meant back in those days when I was a 14-year-old teenager. But the Lord laid it on my heart. I needed to get saved. I needed to come to know Christ as my Savior, and I'm so happy back in 1969 I made that decision. I consider that the smartest decision I've ever made. I made a few smart decisions in my lifetime, and I've, I have to admit, I have to confess, I've made some pretty dumb, stupid decisions in my lifetime, too. Amen. You know, um, this particular podcast, I'm limited to an hour a day, and even if I took the maximum one-hour time length, I couldn't tell you about all the stupid decisions I've made in my lifetime. I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time I wanted a pickup truck. That was kind of funny because I, I was a teenager. I, I was old enough to drive, but I didn't have a driver's license. But I decided, hey, I wanted a pickup truck. I, I thought to myself, you know, if I can get a pickup truck, the license would be no problem. I, I would have no trouble getting a license. In fact, I did have a learner's permit at the time. And I saw this ad in the paper. Now, back in those days, we didn't have the Internet. We had a newspaper, and we had classified ads in the newspaper. And so I saw this classified ad. It says, would you like to buy a pickup truck? He says, uh, I will send you a pickup truck, any color, a two-seater or a four-seater. Doesn't matter. I'll send it to you. Made out of metal, rubber tires. And I thought, man, this is too good to be true. So I said, put me down. Now, back in those days, you know, once again, we didn't have the Internet, so it wasn't like you could get out your debit card and buy it online. No, I had to take a $5 bill. That's what they were asking. They said, send me $5. We'll send you a pickup truck. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I can't go wrong at this price. So about four to six weeks later, I got a package in the mail. And I uh, opened up the package, and it was a die-cast metal miniature pickup truck. It was not a real pickup truck. You certainly couldn't drive it. I was certainly too big to fit in it. And I really got kind of upset because, you know, they didn't send me what I was led to believe I was going to get. Of course, now, if I had been smarter, I would have realized there's no way you're going to buy a pickup truck for $5. It ain't going to happen. And it didn't happen for me that time either. So you see, I mean, I have made some stupid decisions in my life. I, I remember one time I was in college and I decided I would start my own business. Now, you know, back in those days, you know, I thought, man, I'm going to be smart here. I'm going to have my own business. And all my fellow college students, man, they're going to look up to me because I'm going to be a business owner. Even though I'm going to college, I'm going to be a business owner and I'm going to have more money than all of my college classmates put together. And I decided, I said, I'm going to start a lawn mowing business. And I had a little bit of money saved up. I went out and bought a lawnmower, and I bought me a five-gallon gas container, 
and I bought me a pair of hedge clippers. And I told myself, you know what? I'm going into the lawn care business. Now, my parents didn't want me to tie up the phone. See, back in those days, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have cell phones back in those days. We had, um, we had uh, landline phones. And in the case of our family, we had a rotary dial phone. Now, some of you are old enough to remember what those were like. Some of you do not. These phones were wired into the wall. There was no way you could ever take this phone out of the house in which it was located. And we only had one phone. Now, there were six people in our family. Me, my brother, two sisters, along with my mom and dad, we all shared that one phone. So I realized I couldn't tie up the phone. And I knew that if I opened up a business, I was going to get hundreds of phone calls. That part did come true. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But uh, then I remember I said, well, I'm going to contact a local answering service. And they said, uh, you know, for $12 a month, we'll answer the phone for you. And we'll take messages down for it. And I said, that's great. So I signed up for it. And then I went down to the local newspaper in Greenville. The Greenville News, which is still around today. Only back then, you know, the Greenville News was much bigger. I mean, newspapers were a much bigger thing back then than they are now. And I took out a classified ad. And the ad said something like this. I will... Cut any size lawn for $5. That was stupid enough by itself. But then I added more stupidity to that. I said, I will send you $1 for every customer you send my way. I didn't put any kind of limitations on that. There were no qualifications. I just said, I'll give you a dollar for every customer you send my way. Well, you can imagine... If somebody offers to cut your lawn for $5, and especially if somebody ran an ad like that today, you can imagine my phone messages were quite a few. I think before it was all over with, I ended up with well over 100 phone messages. People were dying to pay me $5 to cut their lawn. And you know what? Most of these people already had their own lawnmower. It wasn't like they couldn't go out and cut their own lawn. But they were saying, you know, for $5, man, one wants to cut my lawn for $5, praise the Lord. And some of them had big lawns. One person in particular, they had a lawn so big it took me five days to cut their lawn because all I had was one push mower. And because the lawn was so big, I decided to hire somebody to help me. But in this case, this lawn was so big, me and the person I hired worked on it, and it took us five days. 
Now, you know, he, he was a little bit smarter than I was. He said, you know, Warren, he said, I think this is one of those cases where you should have charged a lot more than $5 to cut their lawn. I said, well, maybe so. But I said, I'm a man of my word. I said, I, I said I would cut any size lawn for $5 and by golly, I'm going to do it. And of course, what I was paying this guy who turned out to be smarter than me, I mean, the thing is, I mean, <laughs> I was paying him considerably more than I was getting paid for the whole job. I mean, I was losing money hand over fist. Needless to say, I canceled the answering service. I canceled the ad in the paper. I said, it's going to take me a long time just to get through the customers I've already gotten. And I realized that with every lawn I cut, I was losing money like crazy. I said, you know what? There's got to be a way out of this for me. And I decided I was going to sell my business. Uh, I said, uh, there's this one guy I know. He does a good job cutting grass, but, you know, he doesn't make a lot of money. He doesn't have hardly any customers. I think one reason was he was charging too much. I was not charging near enough. But I did have a lot of customers. And I knew that from a morality standpoint, an ethical standpoint, it wouldn't be right for me to charge them more than $5 if I said I would cut it for $5 in the newspaper. But I also realized, you know, if I sell it, whoever buys my lawn mowing business, such as it is, they're going to be free to set their own prices. So one guy, he bought my business and he started charging a lot more than I was charging and he actually made a lot of money with it. I could have made a lot of money with it too if I charged more from the beginning. Amen. But that's just another one of the dumb, stupid decisions I've made in my lifetime. But the smartest decision I ever made was that decision to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I made that decision the Sunday before Thanksgiving, 1969. And a week or two later, I followed the Lord in Christian baptism. I've never regretted making that decision. I've made a lot of decisions in my life that I did regret, but not that one. That was literally a decision that changed my life. And let me tell you, friend, if you will give Jesus Christ a shot in your life, I think you're going to find it will change your life too, just like it changed my life, and just like it's changed the lives of countless other people. Now, you might be listening to this podcast right now, and you say, well, but Warren, I'm, I'm religious. I read my Bible. I go to church. Same here. I did the same thing. Nicodemus did the same thing, but it wasn't enough. You need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, the bottom line is this. Christianity, in reality, is not a religion. It's a relationship. A relationship with Jesus Christ. And right now, if you would like to pray... And ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart 
I'm going to pray a, pray a prayer right now, and if you'll pray this prayer with me, or a prayer similar to it, then let me tell you something. God is going to save you. He's going to give you a brand new life. Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I admit that even at my best, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. Lord, I believe in you, I trust in you, and I want you to come into my heart and save me. Wash my sins away with the blood that you shed on Calvary's cross. And now, Lord, that I'm saved, I thank you that you saved me. And Lord, help me to spend time every day studying your word. Help me to get involved in my local church and get involved telling others about what you've just done for me. For it's all these things I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I praise the Lord if you just prayed that prayer. And I hope that you will contact me and let me know. I can send you some materials free of charge in the mail or by email that will help you to grow. The best way to contact me is by email. I have two different email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. If you would like to contact me by snail mail, my snail mail address is warrenlandis, um, 80 Thruston Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street. Apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, Apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now, when you write to me, snail mail, make sure you include the apartment number or I will not get the mail. I'd love to hear from you. Like I say, I'll send you some free materials that are going to help you grow as a Christian, that are going to help you know how to study the Word of God. And this material is all free, no cost, no obligation. You know, folks, I'm not in the ministry for the money. I do this broadcast absolutely free of charge. I don't get paid a dime for doing this broadcast. I do it for only two reasons. Number one, I love God. Number two, I love you. And I would love to hear from you. Well, that brings us to the end of another broadcast here at Sunshine USA. I hope that you've gotten as much out of this broadcast as I have. And uh, I hope that you'll be sure to tell your friends and neighbors about this broadcast. Because chances are, if you enjoy listening to Sunshine USA, you know somebody that would also enjoy listening to it. And I have always considered our listeners the best advertising we have. So until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye, God bless you, and guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.